Me Outside listeners. Who likes a little balance? Earlier this year, I released an episode about the West Coast Trail, and it was only a matter of time before I learned about the East Coast Trail. I mean, honestly, I should have known about it anyway. But here we are. I like balance. I like equilibrium. So today, I'm bringing you a little catch-me-outside guide to the East Coast Trail, featuring hiker Anna McBride. The East Coast Trail is a 332-kilometer end-to-end trail located on the east coast of Newfoundland. It's made up of a chain of shorter trails and can be section-hiked or through-hiked. Despite not passing over any mountains, the trail has a total elevation gain of almost 15,000 meters, owing in part to the fact that it passes through many towns and many of those towns are at sea level or pretty close to it. So it's kind of like a seaside roller coaster. I'll be honest, this trail was not on my radar until a few listeners reached out to mention it recently, and the more I learn about it, the closer it moves to the top of my bucket list. Camping along the trail is free, um, nothing needs to be reserved in advance, and hikers do not need to buy permits to access any of the wilderness areas. Because it passes near so many towns and villages, there are ample opportunities to resupply, take a rest day, or even bail if things get too rough. Hikers are treated to dramatic views of the Atlantic Ocean, the rocky Newfoundland coast, sea arches, sea stacks, and picturesque villages. Anna McBride hiked the full trail this summer with her dog Winnie and a friend. On today's episode of Catch Me Outside, she shares the highs and lows of her hike. Spoiler alert, there weren't many lows. She also shares some valuable information for anyone planning to check out the East Coast Trail. Before we get started, let me just take care of a couple pieces of business. One, I'm not sure what happened with my microphone during this interview, but you may notice a slight buzz on my vocal track. I'm not an audio engineer, and I did my best to try and minimize it, but it's there. It's the first time I've dealt with it, and hopefully the last. Two, if you're new to the show, be sure to listen to some of our past episodes profiling backpacking trails in Canada, celebrating people and organizations making the outdoor community better, and offering advice for people looking to expand their outdoor adventure skills. If you like what you hear, please like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, whatever, spread the word. Anyway, I'm Megan Delaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and without further delay, let's get to it. Thank you so much for for coming on to the show and chatting with me about your hike. Um, I'm so excited to learn more about it. Yeah, my pleasure. It was uh, it, when I saw the um, your repost there, and I said, "Oh, I just finished it today, like this week." So I thought, "Oh, it's fresh in my memory to chat about and everything." Yeah, that's amazing. The timing couldn't be better. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah, as you're alluding, you're alluding to the post that somebody who listens to the show was saying, hey, you know, I'm about to I'm about to go on this hike. Um, Do you have any information? Unfortunately for that person, the episode won't be out (laughs) in time for the start of her hike, but still um, really cool timing. So, yeah, congratulations on that hike. Thank you. Thank you. It uh, it was a long time coming. I originally wanted to do it in 2020 and then obviously I couldn't get into Newfoundland. And then I, I started it in 2021. I went down. And uh, I was hiking with my dog and just, I think it was just a shit out of luck kind of uh, incident, but she'll cut her paw pad open and then we (gasps) took a few rest days, but it just wasn't looking good. So then I went back this year to do it with my friend and my dog and then we were able to complete it the 
the whole 336 kilometers. Wow, that's so impressive. And had you, what was the longest um, distance you'd hiked like on a backpacking trip before this one? Yeah, so before that one, I think it was, um, I did the um, Gross Morn, the um, long range and uh, northern range traverse. So that was like a, it's like a wilderness route. So yeah. I did that one in 2021. So my dog was able to heal up from the East Coast Trail. And then we went, my mom and my sister and I, uh, to do that in, in Gross Morn. Uh, yeah. So that was about, it should be about 60 kilometers, but because it's a route, and it is, we ended up doing 80 kilometers. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you had sort of an 80 kilometer introduction to 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 like a, a backpacking trip and then from that went to 336 yeah. kilometers yeah but even like before that like I know you had an episode on the fjord trail but I did so I did do the fjord trail in 2020 oh, okay. when COVID shut everything down and I stayed in yeah. Quebec and then yeah nice how did you find the fjord trail um honestly listening to your episode I felt so sorry for you because it sounded so painful <laughs> like we did it in September so it was like yeah. nice and dry, no bugs, like, you know, perfect weather the whole time. And then I, I heard your, your recap and I thought, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. It's just, I, I usually, I've said this in so many episodes, but I usually like, don't go backpacking in July or June. And this time I was like, whatever, I'll let, maybe it'll be different, but it was still, it was still gorgeous. It was still amazing. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, wow. So from from those to the East Coast Trail, that's such a big um, that's such a big step, and 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 so exciting. So um, yeah, can you sort of tell me, give me a little um, overview, I guess, of your of your hike, just kind of free freestyle it. I've got okay. some questions for you, but I figure you'll probably answer a bunch of them <laughs> telling yeah, me sure. about your hike. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. We, I'd originally planned to do the East Coast Trail as a first through hike because I found it to be like kind of first timer slash error prone uh, friendly. So like I thought, you know, because kind of the way it's built is you do like these trails, but they're they're kind of like day hikes. And then you go through the villages. We almost went through a village like every day oh, and wow. then back onto another trail. So it's kind of like, you know, if you forgot something, if you need help, if you, you know, whatever goes wrong or you know you make a mistake that you're you need to I know buy a band-aid or something like that then it's more accessible than you know going full like uh full in the bush there for for 336 kilometers that's fair yeah so we did that and then um so it starts in Kappa Hayden at the bottom of well it's not the bottom of the um, Avalon Peninsula but it's pretty close and then it goes all the way up to the top and then down a bit as well into like Conception Bay topsail area. Yeah, it's like sort of like an uh, uh, inverted J shape, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, oh. so when I, tr I attempted it in 2021, I went Sobo, so up and down. And then okay. this year I did Nobo, which ended up working out a lot better for us um, okay. because all the hard trails are at the top. So it kind of, you know, we were able to get in the groove and get back into shape at the, at the, southern parts and then for the northern parts it, it was a lot easier on our bodies yeah and I guess by then your packs would be a bit lighter too maybe if you've um used more of your your consumables and stuff for like sure that. Yeah, yeah yeah oh that's so cool so so um I mean I guess it, it maybe it's a little bit confusing because at some point you're you're going north because of that j shape so exactly when you're talking yeah. about yeah when you're talking about going 
uh, Nobo, you're, you mean like on the east side, right? Like that really long stretch north. And then at the end, you would kind of come south a little, I guess. Yeah. So for the yeah, East, Coast, okay. East Coast Australia, it's Nobo is start in Capahaden, finish in Topsail. Right. And then Sobo is start in Topsail, finish in Capahaden. But yeah, it's a little confusing because you're always either going Nobo or Sobo, depending what part you're on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I guess every trail is like that at, uh, to an extent. It's not like you're walking in a straight line, but yeah. <laughs> you're going to go in every direction. Um, and so how did you learn about the trail? So I have a friend uh, through rugby that she had, she had done it in really like record time back in 2017, I Ooh. think. And so, and I've always loved Newfoundland. Like I'd go- gone to Newfoundland quite a few times before. So I thought it was a, a, a nice and safe place to kind of, start you know long distance hiking and so um so for planning your hike like what resources did you use I'm I'm not gonna lie like I thought I knew I thought I knew hiking trails in Canada and and I only learned about the east coast trail recently or or like really really thought about it and and so I've been kind of looking for resources and I noticed that um the official website I think is more sort of geared to to day hikers um, so yeah, like what, what resources did you use to plan your hike? Yeah. So originally there was a website, uh, I think it's, it was called ECT through hike and it was run by Randy best. And he had like this spreadsheet with like basically all the info you could ever want. Um, and then he, I think he got tired of running it. So he turned it into yeah. a Facebook group. So now it's called, I think on Facebook, it's ECT through hike. And then he has his same spreadsheet in in that Facebook group but then there's also a lot of people that comment and you know it's more participative than uh, just the spreadsheet so that's really like all the planning resources I needed was that wow yeah actually I was going to ask if you use that because I did eventually find the Facebook group and it's such a gold mine like those spreadsheets he keeps are incredible yeah they're really amazing and really like so basically there's one part of the spreadsheet is just like all potential camp spots so we had just marked all those on our um on our map are like we bought the maps from the east coast trail association because those are super handy and they just mapped out like all the potential camp spots and then as we were we went we kind of decided you know where we wanted to camp that day or whatever so were the maps broken into the the different day hikes uh were they physical maps or digital yeah so i we bought the physical map set and then um i had actually scanned them as a pdf just in case you know there's a, a loss or something um but yeah there's like I found them to be so helpful because they're super detailed as to like what's in those communities, whereas Google Maps or any other kind of maps are not as detailed. Yeah. Um, my only thing though is they, they the map set goes Sobo, so if you're going Nobo, mm. there's a few times where there's no road indicated on the map and there's no, nothing like basically they give you what the road walk is, but there's nothing right. indicating what road to turn on because they're just assuming you're coming out that way. So right. that was. That was the only thing, but yeah, we carried the map sets and we just split them up in our resupply boxes and and went with that. That's incredible. And okay, oh man, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you did bring maps, and uh, and and um, how many days did you spend on the trail? Yeah, so we did seventeen days with and then plus one rest day, so eighteen total. Mm-hmm. Um, we were most people do it a bit quicker than that. I think they do between like twelve and fifteen days. But uh, we averaged, like, our mileage was about 20 kilometers, give or take, per day. So it kind of allowed us to hang out in the villages and get a lot of fish and chips at lunchtime and get, like, <laughs> snacks and ice cream. So we, we were pretty happy with that kind of mileage. 
what a treat too to be able to pass through a village every day and like and and yeah and have a treat and and whatnot for sure um, like especially like the blue gatorades we were just you know every <laughs> every convenience store we could find blue gatorade and uh it was nice too because we, we chatted with so many people like like the reputation of newfoundlanders like really you know on that trail you can really see it especially at the southern part yeah we stopped into so many people's like houses or just whatever having a chat with them so that was really oh, wow. nice yeah oh that's so cool like right into their houses yeah, like, yeah a lot of them had guest books so we signed their guest book and oh my god it was awesome yeah Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Um, and, and about your camp spots, I mean, I have, I have follow-up questions to that, but like, <laughs> I just have so many questions bottlenecking. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned the spreadsheet going through, looking at all of the potential camp spots and, and just sort of marking them down on the map. Okay. So a couple follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, were those all, so I know you don't have to pay for a permit to hike the trail. Were all of those camp spots like free and and un um I guess like unregulated or whatever or or did you sometimes have to book a site um like at a campground no so they were all free and even the east east coast trail association has a few campsites along those trails um and those are free you don't have to book them or anything it's kind of just a first come first serve uh basis so that was really awesome because it gave us so much flexibility to kind of figure out where we wanted to camp and even on that spreadsheet, like Randy has them kind of listed between like, uh, well, ranked one to six. Like if it's a six campsite, it means, you know, it has toilets. It's super nice. Yeah. And then if it's one, it's like, oh, you can pitch a tent there, but it's not the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're literally just going to go to sleep and then wake up and move, you might not mind it. <laughs> exactly. Or if you're, you know, you're stuck or whatever, it's uh, you're pushing in daylight, then, you know, you can stop there, but it's not going to exactly. be uh, great amenities (laughs) yeah yeah no that's that's so it's oh I can't get over how amazing that resource is and so um so it sounds like from what you said you did sort of plan your full itinerary in advance did you stick to that itinerary or did you sometimes um you know just play it by ear and and change things up depending on the day or how you were feeling yeah, so what we did actually is we booked, so we booked one bed and breakfast three days or on the third night, and then we booked a bed, uh, Airbnb on the sixth night, and then we had our rest day in St. John's. So okay. we kind of like split it up into four sections, and then we kind of said, okay, well, we have three days to do this section. And then mm. as we went like in the evening, we said, okay, well, we can either push tonight and then have an easier day tomorrow or whatever. But uh, we, basically that's when the maps and the campsites came in handy because we could kind of see where the campsites were and how long we wanted to walk there for the rest of the day. Right, right. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so you camped most nights, but a few nights you 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 stayed at inns or B&Bs that were close to the trail. Yeah, yeah, and those were all awesome. We were really happy to have those, especially the first one was, um, it was two nights back-to-back, like huge downpour, and it was a 14-kilometer road walk, so we were really happy to get to that bed and breakfast at the end. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. yeah. And, and at what what was your you, – wait, sorry. Hold on a second. Rewind. Did you say 14-kilometer road walk? Yeah. So there's one oh, of the um, – one of the trails is, is like, partially closed. So because yeah. we were going through, we couldn't – there's no way to come out where it closes. So we had to do it all – walk it all on the road 
So um, we were actually lucky because the mayor of Aquafort gave us a ride to our our, our breakfast. Yeah, so we were <laughs> we were pretty low and uh, we were we were um, hitchhiking and we thought you know we're not doing a fourteen kilometer road walk in the pouring rain and uh, she was able to give us a ride. So we we skipped. I guess we skipped a ten kilometer part of the the trail. <laughs> so the mayor of this town gave you trail magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you encounter a lot of trail magic? on this hike just like by virtue of like Newfoundlanders being such friendly people and going through so many towns yeah it was like it wasn't trail magic like you'd see I guess on the PCT or whatever like it wasn't food or anything but it was like pretty much anyone like a lot of people that we ran into were like oh do you need a ride or uh do you want some tea or coffee and they invite us in so that was really awesome that's yeah that is so great no I mean I would say that's trail magic like any any um, anything that kind of like boosts your morale and, and makes you happier and, yeah. and warmer and yeah. Um, oh, that's so great. Did you have like a favorite trail magic experience on this hike? I'd say we ran in. So there's this elderly couple right outside of Brigus, I think. And so they're completely off grid. So we basically, when you're coming into town, you hit their house first and then their the trail kind of goes through their driveway, but there's no, like, there's no cars. It's, ATV access and then so you go down this ATV road and they're all off grid and they're the ones that we you know came in and like sat down had a chat with them and then signed their their little log book Mm. and they and they even had like a water source set up for hikers it was it was really awesome yeah oh that's so cool okay cool so so clearly like people along the trail are are very much like aware of the fact that it is a long distance hiking trail and that people are are you know, spending a lot of time on it. Did did you see many other through hikers? Yeah, I saw there were a lot, like we ran into, a f- I'd say probably like six groups in total wow. during our through hike. Yeah, it was really impressive to see how so many people uh, through hiking this year because it was pretty, it was kind of early. We did, yeah. in, we did, I guess, mid-June to early July where I always thought, you know, Newfoundland prime season would be like August or end of July. So it was uh, nice to see so many through hikers on trail. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What is what is Newfoundland like in um in in late June, early July? Like, what was the the weather like for you? Well, I was expecting it to be a lot colder and rainier, so I had my minus fourteen sleeping bag the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we ended up only having two nights of really bad rain, and I don't think the weather dropped below ten degrees even at night. Oh, so wow. Uh, yeah, we were really lucky. We got you know a really good tan out of going to Newfoundland so that's always a little funny to to tell people you tan as a redhead well I got tan I don't usually (laughs) tan but apparently the Newfoundland sun tans me oh oh, that's that's cool that's good it was okay so maybe if I ever hike this trail I have that to look forward to yeah yeah both redheads. Did you wear your Saucony Peregrines? I did. I did. I did. Oh, nice. Yeah. How did they hold up for you? I love those shoes. I love them. I mean, they're kind of beat up, and I'm going to do yeah. another trail there in, in a, well, I guess next week. So I'm debating if I should get another pair or not, but, or if they'll <laughs> toughen out. But yeah. I mean, I de- oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. I was good. Well, I was just going to say, I guess you could always like plop an insole in there. To, so that's to what I them. ended up doing. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, <laughs> In St. John's, yeah, I put an insole in because I was having, like, my feet were just really sore. So I said, oh, maybe an insole would help, and it helped out pretty good, so. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, I gotta say, like, I, I was, um, I was kind of stressing out, like, trying to pick a pair of, of trail runners for my, the Sunshine Coast trail hike that I did last year, and I tried 
like over a dozen probably pairs of like trail runners and trail shoes. And I tried all the big ones, you know, like the Hoka's and, and the ultras. And I, I don't know, I just, for my feet, like the peregrines were just, they were wide enough without being too flat. And they're, I just like them a lot. <laughs> same, same. Like I just like the grip and the, like not the balance. Like I've, my ankles are not the best and like yeah. just being so close to the ground and like, they just like they don't feel tippy you know so yes. I I really enjoy them too like I had tried the hokas on too and like as much as I like the cushioning it's like I was like oh I'm gonna roll an ankle in these <laughs> I felt that way too I felt like I was walking on platforms when I tried on the hokas yeah 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 <laughs> no offense like they work for a lot of people but, yeah uh... I mean yeah they're my my road running shoes are hokas but okay. for trail I thought mm, I like to be closer to the ground <laughs> <laughs> that's fair close not too close you know you gotta yeah. strike a balance yeah um well okay so speaking of shopping for gear I guess did you have a, a budget for this hike I mean some hikes are I guess not really you know big enough to to need to have a budget um but did you set one for this hike or not really I uh, yeah. kind of accumulated all my gear over the years so I kind of yeah. You know, through COVID, all my not traveling money went to gear. So that worked out good. And then it was basically, so I didn't fly and I, I drove my car. So it was basically just oh, like nice. gas money, ferry, pay the ferry. And then, you know, it wasn't uh, too expensive after that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then like a couple nights in B&Bs. Yeah. But then those I got to split with my friends. So that was pretty good. And then I, I actually made a lot of my meals. So I didn't have to spend too much on the freeze-dried meals. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you made, you made a lot of your meals in advance, I guess, like, did you use a dehydrator and, and like, you know, like ramen and stuff like those classic sort of. Yeah. So I have a dehydrator. It's a hand-me-down, so it's not the best. So basically what I do is I used, um, I don't know if you know about backcountry foodie. Uh, yeah. Are they recipes? Yeah. Yeah. So she has like a lot of recipes that don't require dehydrating. Like it's just, you buy all these already dehydrated powders mm. or whatever and then you just put them all together so I end up dehydrating only pasta and then everything else I just throw in there in the bag oh cool okay so wow what was your favorite of the meals you made um I think there's a ta- taco mac and cheese was the was the fave oh my god can I can I get the would you mind sharing the recipe for that to, to sure. share with listeners like sure, a- yeah. after we record or something like that yeah, yeah, or, I've or is it... It, yeah. I've adapted it a little bit from the website because her all hers are um, vegetarian, so I kind of okay. add a bit of ground beef to it. But uh, yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah, I love I love taco mac and cheese too. Well, I mean, you can tell me. You can just tell me now if you want how you make yours. Yeah. So it's basically it's just dehydrate. Well, so the pain. What's the pain is to have to cook your pasta and then re dehydrate it. Mm, but you yeah. do that, and then you put. Um, if you go to Bulk Barn, you get that whole milk powder. Yep. And that Kraft Dinner cheese mix, mm-hmm. throw that in. And then um, I buy the Happy Yak uh, ground beef, the dehydrated ground beef, just because my oh. dehydrator is not good. I don't, I don't trust it with meat. But, no. I mean, you can dehydrate your ground beef yourself if you have a, a better one. Um, and then, so I put that in with some um, PVT, the vegetable protein. Yep. So I mix that in and then a little a little bit of taco taco seasoning and that's pretty much it amazing yeah that's pretty much how I do it too I okay, just well yeah. I use Annie's mac and cheese but yeah powdered milk taco seasoning and and I use TVP as well okay and yeah. then like I might throw in like some like dehydrated tomatoes or something like that nice um yeah so okay so 
So you prepped your meals in advance. How did you manage resupplies? Like how how many days worth of food were you carrying at any given stretch? And yeah, tell me about your whole resupply strategy. Yeah, so that's what was kind of nice with having the bed and breakfast and the Airbnb closer to the beginning. So we did three days, three days, five days, and then six days. So and then basically I we did resupply boxes because I had the dog with me and I didn't want to right. change her off, off her food. So I just had all her food in those resupply boxes. And then we had mostly all of our dinners in there. And then sometimes we had like the tuna packets, which are impossible mm. to find now in Quebec. So we had yeah. to import, we had to go down for, for a drive um, <laughs> when we went to the Adirondacks. We just like went to Price Chopper and got all these tuna packets to bring back. <laughs> um, so we had those in there. And then all the snacks and stuff we mostly bought at the grocery stores or the convenience stores along the way. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's that sounds like such a good strategy. So you only you only had to carry six days worth of food once and I think I saw when I was looking at those spreadsheets the beginning the beginning of the trail if you're going southbound or the end of the trail if you're going northbound I think there's about like something like 80 kilometers with um with no towns I guess to resupply so is that where you carried those six days worth of yeah food? yeah exactly but it was nice because we basically we carried it out out of St. John's mm. so by the time we got to the two hard trails the White Horse Path and the Picos Ridge we were basically down to like two, three days of food. So that made it a lot oh, easier nice. for us. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay, cool. Um, were there, uh, like, did you rely on businesses to hold your resupplies? Like who, who held those for you? Just like restaurants or hotels or? So we had them at the uh, bed, and breakfast, bed and breakfast yeah. and the hotel. So those three points were all we needed. Oh, perfect. And you were staying there anyway, so. Exactly, um, yeah. Are you aware of businesses in the town? Like if, if somebody's trying to do this, like if for whatever reason they're budgeting, like not to stay at a and b or something like that. Are you aware of businesses in the towns that'll hold a resupply box, like for a fee or something like that? I think I have not. And I'm just speculating here. I think there's a few restaurants that tend to cater to, to, to through hikers or, you know, they, they'll give you a free meal or something. So maybe those, um, if not in the spreadsheet, they mentioned the post offices, but the post offices oh, cool. from what I've seen are not as reliable with their hours. So it might be a bit tougher, but I mean, it's a very doable trail. Like I just, ha we just had the resupply because we, I had the dog with me, but if you want, just wanted to resupply on like on the go, I think it'd be a really good trail for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. And so, yeah, you brought your dog Winnie, um, which is so cool. And I mean, like metal because it obviously adds a probably a little bit of an additional layer of of um trickiness to the whole thing so um yeah like how how was that how was hiking with Winnie I mean honestly she was in the like better shape than the both of us so that <laughs> I was not too worried about um the only thing I did bring booties for her I usually don't use booties but because of the road walks and because of the time we were hitting the mat like it was sometimes it was like early afternoon or late morning where the pavement was kind of hot and some of the road walks there are like seven kilometers so I did put booties on her for the road walks but uh that was pretty much it and then she had her backpack, so she carried uh, her food up until Whitehorse Path because she unfortunately lost her backpack and we were unable to recover it. Oh, so no. if anybody finds a dog backpack about a kilometer out of the East Coast Trail uh, campsite, 
please contact me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, so that was kind of hard because that was during the part where there's no villages. Right. So poor dog ended up eating like peanut butter for 24 hours. And then oh. once we got into a village, we I bought her a good good size uh, bag of uh, puppy chow for her to chow down nice. on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she did chow down pretty hard on that. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's nuts. So that was, you said White Horse Pass? White Horse Path, yeah. So oh, it's White about, if you're going Sobo, it's the third third trail. Okay, so yeah, if anyone's listening to this <laughs> and is about to head out on the East Coast Trail, uh, maybe keep an eye out for a, a doggy backpack. What does it look like? I mean, it's... it's- it's blue and purple and it's highly visible, but just kind of where the path is, it's a lot of yeah. ferns. So okay. we looked for like an hour and couldn't find it and had to keep moving. Oh man. Okay. So if you happen to, if your eye happens to catch something blue and purple in a patch of, of ferns, maybe check it out. And if it's a doggy backpack, maybe reach out to <laughs> catch me outside and we'll try to get it back to poor Winnie. Thank um, you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. So hiking with the dog. So like, did you, um, did, did you have to like, how did it work with leave no trace? Like, did you, did you pick up her doo-doos and then like, were there, were there, um, privies or, or thunder boxes along the way? I mean, I guess you were in a town every day, so you're yeah, probably so, able to just drop that stuff. So off. yeah, obviously when I'm in the town, I just pick it up and then usually someone would let me throw it in their trash uh, bin outside. So that worked yeah. out good. Um, for the leave no trace, actually what they, they basically tell you to do the same thing as what you do with your own. So mm. I could just bury a, bury a cat hole, oh, nice. put it in there and then bury it back. So that was a lot easier than having to, to carry it uh, around. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, um, from what I understand, bears are not really present along the trail so is that true and and I guess that would that would simplify things a little not having to worry about like yeah, yeah dog so, bear interaction yeah so um like officially when you google it it says there's no bears on the Avalon Peninsula I think the guy that gave us a ride there Kevin Boland he's a great ECT trail angel um he said he there were no bears on the Avalon Peninsula some of the people we ran into said, oh, we saw one, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. But okay. uh, we still, you know, we slept with our, fo- our food in our tent and had no problems, neither with the bears nor with the uh, any mice or anything. And they because so Newfoundland doesn't have raccoons either. So that helps. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. What a joy. Yeah, <laughs> I need to go. Seriously. <laughs> I, I've never been brave enough to sleep with my food in my tent because we do like it at least in Ontario we definitely have we have black bears and also also mice I've had mice chew through well you know even regardless of leaving my food in my tent I've forgotten wrappers in in like side pockets of backpacks or in my fanny pack and I've had mice chew right through them so wow really nice to know that that's that's not a problem on the east coast trail (laughs) yeah well so like I go to Algonquin a lot and I always like bear hang but this one time we were canoeing and we were in an uh, on an island so I thought yeah. oh I don't need to hang it because we're on an island and it was just like this canvas like army bag and then I woke up the next morning and the mice had chewed right through it I thought oh, oh. shoot <laughs> yeah the mice have always been like I haven't had an issue yet and, and yeah I haven't had an issue yet with bears um camping like you know coming for my food but I have had several mouse encounters yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh something that's nice to avoid yeah. <laughs> so so what was your what was your longest day distance wise 
I think our longest was about 25 kilometers in okay. the, and that was in this like southern part where we, I think there was a big, like there's a few big road walks. So a lot of that was on the, on the road. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. cool. So you're able to, I mean, well, road walking can be pretty tiresome, but um, you can make pretty good, you can make pretty good ground uh, walking on, on gravel or, or pavement. Yeah. That was always the kind of the conundrum because we knew we could do good mileage and do it fast on the roadwalks but then it just the toll it takes on your body you're like oh like i don't want another roadwalk but you know it's an easy seven kilometers <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and and um going back to winnie like you mentioned that you you didn't um you chose not to do the hike quite as quickly as some people might was part of that you know planning your mileage around around her so as not to like tire her out too much sort of thing not really honestly oh. we um like she could have like I would would not have wanted to do more than 25 max yeah. 30 a day but um you know so aside from warming up kind of in the beginning of the hike with lower lower kilometer days uh, she would have been fine if it wasn't you know if it wasn't all road walks um but uh it was mostly for us we kind of you know we really en- like just took our time and enjoyed enjoyed being on the trail kind of like we you know we a lot of times we only left camp at like 9 a.m then we nice. took an hour lunch you know to dry all our stuff up had an ice cream and then we were in camp by like 6 p.m so it was pretty uh it was pretty relaxed but enough for yeah. us to be tired there at the end of the day <laughs> yeah no that that sounds kind of ideal like especially from what i've seen the trail is stunning you're like along the ocean i guess depending on the time of year people see icebergs did did you see icebergs no we were too late for icebergs but we saw lots of whales so that was nice oh that's so cool okay so so what were some of your favorite sites along the trail um i really liked on the spurring trail there's um a sea arch which is really nice um i think what else what's a sea arch it's kind of I don't know if you've ever been to um, Sleeping Giant. I haven't. Okay, I want so to. They, it kind of looks like that, but it's bigger and it's you know in the ocean instead of in the in the lake. And okay. it's uh, some people go on it, but I was we were not uh, courageous enough to do that. <laughs> is it is it like a rock formation in the ocean? Yeah, it kind of sticks out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, I can picture it now. So that was really nice. And then there's a few other paths that were just so like beautiful and relaxing it wasn't uh and obviously you know all the cliff views are are really beautiful too yeah yeah that's that's so cool so what are some um places that you would suggest people take their time and experience you know like if somebody's building out their itinerary and they know that you know they're gonna have to make up for lost time in some places but they've got a little extra time to spend you know here or there um what are some spots that that people might want to spend like an extra half day or 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 have us you know plan a short hiking day so that they can spend an afternoon there or something yeah I would say anything going um from if you're leaving St. John's going south about uh, five days down like the whole five days down would be really nice to do so Mm. you know that that's where you got you have Cape Spear which is I guess I think the east easternly most point of Canada cool. uh, and that's a nice Parks Canada with a lighthouse and everything and uh but the views in that section I found were, were really the nicer ones Ooh, okay okay so that whole kind of like five-day section if people want to kind of like maybe take their time there a little more make up for it elsewhere yeah um, and then also we really loved the the village of Brigus we thought was just absolutely beautiful so that was our favorite village of the whole hike Ooh, yeah 
Ooh, Village of Brigus. Okay, okay. Did you um did you have some like do you drink beer? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Did you have some good beers like going to going to the different I just love beer when when hiking. Like if there's like a town to stop in and have a beer or something like that, it's just such a treat. So we didn't really have beers. Honestly, we just went for the Gatorades every yeah. time. But... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but there's the Quitty Vitty is right off the trail, the Quitty Vitty Brewery. Yeah. And so we didn't stop there because we had the dog and I, I wasn't sure if it's still dog friendly or not, the patio. But um, yeah, that was, uh, I know that's a really popular spot on the trail for people. Yeah, isn't there? Okay, so I wanted to ask you, like, I saw I saw a photo of a sign on the trail near, it's Quitty Vitty? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so this, this sign by, like, QV Pathfinder, and they were, and it said something like, you know, like, if you scan this or something, you can win a free beer. So I wanted to ask if you collected, if you collected your free beer. No, we didn't. We kind of like by the time we came out into St. John's, we uh, we were looking pretty rough. <laughs> we just we saw it and we I thought I can't I can't deal with that right now. I just need to get to the hotel <laughs> and yeah, take that's a shower. Fair. Yeah, that's but um, I saw afterwards there that the um, East Coast Trail um, their Instagram page was reposting it and all that. So I'm sure a lot of people got some nice beer out of that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's that. I would, I would, I would go for that. <laughs> okay. Like this, this wasn't on the list of questions I wanted to ask, but now I, I just need to know, cause you're talking about like being really hot and sticky and, and wanting to clean up. Were you able to swim at all on this hike? So the, so a lot of it is on the cliff, so it's not like right. super easily accessible, but one place I would recommend to anyone hiking is Shoe Cove. And that is, I think it's like the trail right before you get into St. John's, if you're going okay. Novo okay. and it like, we got there and it was just absolutely oh, so beautiful. It was our, it was, that was one of my favorite spots actually, now that I think of it Ooh, okay. and, um, and you can camp there. So if you're able to set up your itinerary to camp there, I highly recommend because it's like, there's fresh water that goes into the ocean and to the cove. And it's just mm. like the water is like turquoise. It's, it was really nice, but, uh, we, only went for a swim once and that was up by goat cove that's at the at the top they're actually on the first trail okay so yeah. there's goat cove and then the place that you mentioned people should maybe slow down for is called shoe cove yeah like s-h-o-e yeah like a like a shoe <laughs> like a shoe okay okay that is really good intel um all right awesome so okay so i was well i guess not really surprised to see but i'm kind of impressed to see that the trail has a total elevation gain of like 15,000 meters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was surprised when you emailed that to me too, but uh, not that surprised. Like my friend, like my friend had never been to Newfoundland, the one I hiked it with. Yeah. And she, uh, she expected it to be pretty flat, which was not the case. Um, I mean, there's some spots where it's a lot more up and down than others. Like, you know, when you're lucky to get a nice flat, you know, open area, that's really fun. But uh, it, yeah, it has a, it has a decent elevation to it. Yeah. Seriously. Like, um, yeah. Like divided over all of those days were there. And, and well, and also like the highest point on the trail is not that, that high. Like, it's not like, you know, that elevation is, is split into like three, peaks that are you know however many thousand meters it so it must just be kind of a lot of steady like up and down 
throughout, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of that. And then the highest point, I believe, is Pico's Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, the trail, and this is a, a, I've been asking everyone who's done the trail to see which which trail you thought was hardest. So there's the Pico's Ridge and the White Horse Path are notoriously the, the most difficult ones. I personally think the White Horse Path is harder, mm. but I can't admit that the Pico's Ridge um, coming out of um, Baleen is like just like a straight uphill. Like there's ropes and stuff mm. to help you assist. <laughs> but, oh, wow. But once you're up, then you're up. So it, it's not as bad, I find. Okay, okay. So it's not like a crazy elevation gain, but it's really steep. Exactly. Yeah. It's like uh. classic like East Coast hiking, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it, I was surprised at first when I read about the elevation and then I thought back to like hiking the Saguenay Fjord Trail and like when you're hiking along a coast or like you know or or well in that case a fjord like I guess you're kind of just subject to whatever the the land is doing right because you're just Mm -hmm. following you're following the shore so if it goes up then you're going up you know like (laughs) there's not really a way around it and yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, uh... exactly. And it's like, especially like, so, especially more on the on the south end of things. But it's like, every, you, like you'd get up, and then when you go into the town, which is the town is usually around a cove, so you go back mm. down into the town, and then once you're out of the town, back up, and then back down. So I think that's where a lot of the elevation comes from too. That makes so much sense. I also have experience with that hiking in coastal places. It's like, yeah, you go up and then you come down to sea level where the town is because obviously like they want to access the water and they've got yeah. a marina and whatnot. Then you go back up. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what what were some of the biggest challenges on the trail for you? Speaking of just like elevation and, and all of that. Yeah. So for sure, the the two hardest trails were the White Horse Path and the Picos, which I was really happy to do at this time, having them at the end of the trail, because I found found them to be a lot less challenging on your body or just, you know, you're a lot less out of breath. Mm-hmm. Plus, we also ha- only had three days of food, because if you're coming in that way, you'd have a pretty decent amount of food on you. Yeah. So so that was challenging. And then there was the, and we were pretty lucky for the weather, but there was two days back to back solid rain. And it mm. ended up that we were able to, you know, we had our bed and breakfast the first night. So that saved us. And then the next night, there's a little cabin that um, a, a gentleman, I guess, lets hikers sleep in. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was a lifesaver for us because we were like, we were soaked that day. So we were like, really happy to find that. <laughs> oh man. Is that on the, the list of campsites as well? No, I don't think it's, it's on the okay. list. It's basically, it's, um, well, the Kevin who gave us our ride told us about it and we were oh, nice. really thankful to, to know that uh, we were able to, to stay at the cabin that night. Good. Okay. Well, we won't blow up Kevin's spot. Yeah. <laughs> people at least can, can, know that if they make it out there 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 might be the option at some point to stay <laughs> yeah stay yeah in a nice, uh, nice little um, shelter okay that's cool so so yeah like overall it sounds like like not too many challenges I mean part I, I think probably in large part because you planned it so thoroughly yeah and it's I think it's really flexible so like there's a few of the spots where I, you know we had initially planned it to do in five days and then we said oh we'll take our time and do it in six well then all we had to do is you know next time we were in a little town is just buy an extra ramen and then we had ramen for supper that night like yeah it's really open to flexibility and change of plans so that was really nice and I know there's a lot of people that sometimes you know they'll do a a part of it and then uh go into St. John's and then go to another part of it and then kind of switch that around so it's it's pretty nice to to navigate that way oh oh yeah that's so sweet 
That's awesome. And so what, aside from your Saucony Peregrine, <laughs> um, what gear did you take on this hike? Yeah. So do you want the big, the big three? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a heavy duty Osprey Aura 65. Okay. Which is definitely overkill for this trail, but it was the only pack I had. So we okay. went with that. Use it or um, lose it. <laughs> yeah. And then I had a Big Agnes Tigerwall UL2, which I can confirm holds out holds up pretty well to me and my dog. So if anyone nice. is hiking with a dog, you can go with that. And it's pretty, uh, as long as I have the, um, was it under footprint for it? Oh yeah. I think that like, I wouldn't want to do it without a footprint, but, okay. uh, with the footprint, it's pretty, uh, pretty resistant. Pretty durable. Resistant. Nice. Yeah. And then what's the other one? Oh yeah. Uh, your sleep, your sleep, uh, the rest of your sleep system, I guess, like your pad and your. Yeah. So the sleeping pad I had, uh, Sea to Summit, uh, insulated ultra ultralight insulated. I'm not nice. sure if it's the same one as you. I know you talked about yours. I think it is. I've got it actually right behind me because I'm conducting this interview in my my. <laughs> actually, it's Etherlight is the one I have. Oh, I've got the Sea to Summit insulated. Okay, so you've got the Etherlight. Yeah, and then that one also holds up to the dog. So far, so good. Wow. Yeah, um, and then I have a Rab sleeping bag, which is nothing super ultra light but it's about three pounds minus 14 also yeah. pretty pretty much overkill for this hike but you know it's what <laughs> hey, i had yeah. yeah yeah so so how did your gear work out for you like was there anything that really excelled that you were you know super glad to have was there anything that did you have like any yeah like what did you learn any any gear lessons on this hike i guess in terms of like things you found you didn't really use or or gear failure or gear success? Yeah, um, I was pretty happy with the tent because uh, we had a few nights of really bad rain, like where it just rained during the night. And because it was rainy and windy, I thought, oh, well, like for mm -hmm. sure we're getting rain in the tent, but nothing. So that was, I was pretty happy. Um, gear failure was the, um, the B free, the Catadyne, the filter. Oh, okay. And it's, um, it was a brand new one and it just, it clogs up and, well, it doesn't even, I don't even know if it clogs up. Like I tried rinsing it and washing it and it just stops filtering eventually. So, oh, but man. I was with my friend, so she, uh, she, uh, her filter stood up, which it was the same filter. So we were good for that. Oh, nice. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. And then otherwise, like everything just kind of worked as you expected it to and. Yeah, I'd say the only thing I brought that I probably that I did not use at all was a um, I'd bought like a it's like a selfie selfie stick tripod from Amazon. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I just never ended up using it, so I'm I'm debating bringing it because I'm <laughs> always like, oh, I'll take lots of pictures and we'll take time to take pictures, but then when you get there, it's like an ultralight tripod, you know, on the side of a cliff in windy conditions. You're like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah I find like. <sighs> On, on my last hike, I, I didn't even remember to take any photos of my tent, oh. even though like <laughs> I knew I knew I'd be like uh, making an episode about the Saguenay Fjord Trail. I knew I'd be potentially pitching it because I'm a journalist and like wanting to write about it. And I didn't right. make a single photo of my shelter. So like, yeah, I don't know. Same. <laughs> I never think of it. <laughs> yeah. You have all these grand plans to take photos and but your I did see like the photos you posted and and uh they look pretty amazing so yeah well it's it's easy like when you don't have any fog and just coming up and down the trail you say okay this is a good photo spot take a picture but anything more of a setup than that is uh obviously I 
is too much to commit to for me. <laughs> a bit cumbersome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, like what overall, what are your what are your what is the sentiment you take away from this hike? Well, I mean, every time I go to Newfoundland, I just want to move to Newfoundland. So, <laughs> I mean, it just ex- like ex- went exponential once I finished the East Coast Trail and my love for Newfoundland and the people there and just the whole culture is just it's really a nice trail because you get to experience so much nature, but also experience the culture, which I thought was really special. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I know so many people who, who want to move to Newfoundland, <laughs> like in Ontario. And you live in Quebec, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm based in Quebec City. Oh, cool. Okay. Right on. Um, so yeah, you've got, oh, you have access to so much amazing outdoor stuff. Even just like, even just the Jacques Cartier National Park kind of blew my mind. The fact that like people who live in Quebec City are able to get there in like 20 minutes to half an hour. We don't we have things sort of like that in Ontario, but they're way, way far from where most of the population is. So. Yeah, yeah. The only thing with, and this is a shout out to Sipak Quebec uh, Provincial Parks, is it really like the, them to allow more dogs on their trails because uh. usually they only allow like, you know, they started to open it up to dogs, but it's like this one kilometer loop now of open to dogs. Well, you know, right. <laughs> what do you want me to do with one kilometer? Yeah, I'm going to come, I'm going to come out to the park to, to hike yeah. a one kilometer loop yeah exactly Um, that's fair that's fair um yeah and and do you have any advice for people who are considering planning a hike in terms of um yeah just considerations for planning and anything like that yeah for sure definitely look up the facebook group and Mm -hmm. ask all the questions you want and look up that spreadsheet really you could not ask for a better resource. Like it just has all that information. Um, and then, you know, contact someone that's done it before if you have any questions. There's a lot of people that are doing it this year. So it should be pretty easy to find someone that's, that's done it or, you know, send me a message. Uh, I'm all good for that. Um, nice. But if not, yeah, just kind of, I think it's the perfect first through hike. So if you're debating on do it, doing it for your first through hike, I'd say go for it because, you know, there's so many, like fail safes if you do forget something or you know yeah. some of your gear fails it's uh it's easy to get off and uh and f- get it fixed yeah it seems like a really great pl- like way to learn it's like I mean no backpacking is zero stakes but it's lower stakes maybe than than being in a really isolated area like 100 mile wilderness or something exactly like yeah um so now that you've done this are you are you kind of like scheming about any other um, long distance hikes in your, in your future? Yeah. So actually, so speaking of remote trails, I'm actually, I'm going to go do the Canal heritage trail uh, next week. We'll attempt it with my mom. So that's uh, up in the Northwest, Northwest territories. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I've never been out hiking out West, so I'm really excited for it, but there'll be definitely no uh sleeping with my food in my tent up there <laughs> no no you're gonna want to have bear spray I reckon yeah yeah we've got yeah. bear spray we've got the ursac the ursac I didn't even know this existed it's like almighty grizzly or something like <laughs> whoa wow so it's yeah. like, a spe- like I know the ursac and I've heard of the almighty but yeah okay so it's like a special it's like good for the northwest territory apparently yeah how long is that hike so it's about it's it's comparable to the East Coast Trail. I think it's three hundred fifty-seven kilometers. Damn. Yeah, yeah. 
Look at and you go. That's amazing. What a summer of hiking. I know. It's really, it's been the summer of outdoor uh, adventure because I went back to school this year. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to enjoy my student summer and just go all out with the hiking and the canoeing and all that. Yes. Good for you. Oh man. That's, that's amazing. So that's sort of, yeah. How you've been able to, to make time for all this hiking this summer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I took the summer off. Well, this, I basically didn't get a, a summer job there this, uh, summer and then just went for the the adventure hiking and stuff wow that's awesome good for you I'll have to you'll have to like um touch base with me or or something or I'll touch base like I just need to know how your northwest territory site goes for sure for sure I'll mess I'll send you a message yes and what's that trail called again (laughs) it's the canal heritage trail it's pretty it's a pretty cool like historical trail that uh basically I guess it started world war ii the americans wanted to um, build a pipeline to bring oil to the states. And then the war ended up ending before they completed the pipeline. So it's kind of like, I think they've done a lot of cleanup on it, but it's a lot of uh, like remnant, like old 1940s cars and stuff. And uh, yeah, a lot of relics. I feel like I've read about this trail. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like a heritage heritage trail situation. That's super cool. That's amazing. It'll It'll be my first time pack rafting, so looking forward to that whoa yeah Does, has your mom pack rafted no no so we're big on the like paddling but pack rafting we've never done so it's just well basically it's just across the rivers because from what we've researched is a lot of the people are doing pack rafts now just because the rivers are pretty dangerous and the right. the they're pretty i guess high risk or whatever so we we just thought you know what we'll be safe and use a pack raft wow okay Damn, I might I might hit you up for another episode <laughs> later on about this trail. Um, there's so many amazing trails in Canada that get overlooked. Because, there really are, yeah. and I'm like, I really the, another one I I my friend is convincing me to do is the um, Quebec portion of the International Appalachian Trail. Yes, yeah. So that looks like a really nice part too. Yeah, I've heard really good things about about the Quebec portion of about the Canadian portion of the uh, yeah International Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Um. That's super cool. All right. Well, okay. So before we go, I got to hit you up with a game of this or that. Okay. So chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Beer or wine? Wine. Mountains or ocean? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'd say mountains. Okay. Dirt or gravel? Dirt. Um... That's that's all I can think of. <laughs> I didn't plan this out in advance. <laughs> I was yeah, I was surprised. I was like, okay, like it was automatic. I knew which one I wanted. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I did my best. Well, yeah, you did a really good job. Those were those were those were pretty tough ones. I mean, they no, they weren't tough at all. <laughs> the mountain ocean. That's one thing I'll say about the East Coast Trail is the East Coast Trail. Although it's not mountains, you get you know elevation. And the ocean. So it's yeah. kind of two for one. Yeah. It looks stunning. It's it's on my list now for sure. Um yeah. And and like a good chunk of trail. Like I yeah, I didn't realize I guess I'm I'm learning now that we actually have quite a few trails that are more than, you know, like a hundred or hundred and eighty yeah. kilometers. Um, yeah. 
yeah and I've been learning through a few of them through your uh, like I didn't know about the Sunshine Coast Trail so that one you definitely sold me on that one from your episode oh yay <laughs> yeah. oh man the Sunshine Coast Trail has a special place in my heart definitely I think it's the reason why I'm doing this podcast so oh really eh? yeah 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 Especially when you said there were like a few huts along the way. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The huts are amazing. They're lovingly maintained by Powell River Parks and Wilderness. Um, they're like, they're free. They're first come, first serve. Um, they're beautiful. Most of them are in like really gorgeous locations with spectacular views. And and also because they're they're just open to anyone, they, they definitely like, create this sense of camaraderie or community on nice. the trail because you know you you end up at this place with all these other hikers and you get chatting and you know especially if it's like raining because it is you know it's by the ocean so it, it does that sometimes even though it's the sunshine coast yeah for um, sure. well now I'm really sold then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's it's really spectacular um yeah and it's just so exciting to to talk to people like you um, who are really getting out there and and exploring all of these trails in Canada? Because uh, yeah, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to cross a border to go on a really cool through hike. Although I can't, I mean, I'm planning to do it. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, fair, but. fair enough. But that's what I loved about your podcast is like the first episode. I just like felt I like because it's there's so little Canada like focused like backpacking content that I was like oh like this just feels like me chatting with my friends but it was your podcast (laughs) oh I love that oh maybe we'll run into each other totally randomly on a trail someday or or something like that or get out get out for a hike if we're in the same yeah for sure yeah oh well thank you so much for coming on the show and um yeah good luck on your on your hike in the northwest territories that's so badass (laughs) well thank you so much it was great chatting with you thank you